Cool. Thanks, Brendan. Well, good morning. As must I just keep talking? Cool. Good to see you. Welcome to our second service of 2018. So by now, the wheels are starting to get rolling again. We're probably into the swing of things. I know kids start this week and uh, life will get back to normal. Hope you had a great break and are well rested and ready for 2018. But if you're not ready, don't worry. You'll be okay as well. So while... Because um, we didn't feel ready at the beginning of the year, but we're slowly getting into it. Hey, my love. Um, so while we were away, we, we were fortunate enough to stay at a nice beach resort. And it was quite a laid-back beach resort. At this place, there was different restaurants. And every night, you were allocated a different restaurant to have dinner in. There was a general buffet. There was a seafood restaurant. There was an Indian restaurant, which tasted more like stew for us because back here in Durban, we're very spoiled with our Indian food. Um, and then there was this very, very fancy restaurant that we were allocated to on our last night. So we were really excited. So our last night, we were going to have dinner in this fancy restaurant. So we were keen, we were excited. And my first introduction to the restaurant was the very professional waiter came up to me and said, sorry, sir, you cannot eat in this restaurant. So I was like, huh? <laughs> you are wearing open shoes, and you can only eat here if you have closed shoes. So I thought, oh, okay, all right. Um, but he basically implied, if you hide your feet, we'll kind of let you stay here. So I thought, okay, I'll kind of hide my feet. I don't know how I'm going to do that, but I'll hide my feet and try to blend in. Then he started presenting us the wines. And I don't know what he was talking about, because for me, wine is either red or white, and I didn't know what he was talking about. All I asked for was just a simple, easy-drinking liqueur, because, um, yeah, I, like, I, I kind of got attached to that liqueur while we were there. Um, and he, he, he kind of pulled up his nose and, and said, sir, that, that's only available at the pool bar, which is like, like down there. But if you want it, I'll, 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 I'll kind of like lower myself and get it for you. I said, oh, thank you. That's very kind of you. And then when the food came or when the menus came, I didn't know what was going on there. Apparently it was in English, but I didn't know any of that food on there because it was this half-fluted English, um, and I, 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 re- I, I didn't know what was going on. When the food came, it wasn't what I was expecting. And Sonia was like, what were you expecting? <laughs> But she's such an amazing, gracious wife that she swapped food with me because I really didn't like what, what came. Choose your spouse as well. <laughs> so at this point, I felt like a square peg in a round hole. I really felt like I didn't belong there. I felt like I was almost like being exposed. I felt like everyone was staring at me. I felt out of place. It sounds crazy, but I was so uncomfortable that I almost like felt unclean. I felt unclean sitting in this place. I didn't fit in because everyone around me was all fancy dressed and I was pretty casual. They looked like they were like way up on the economic scale and I was like way down there. I just felt out of place. I felt like an outcast. I just wanted to run and grab a pizza from the buffet. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt that you don't belong somewhere? That you feel out of place? Or maybe you're sitting here in church. You're looking around and you're thinking, oh, these people have their lives all together. My life, I'm so out of place here. These guys have their lives all together. I'm out of place. I I don't belong here. And just pause a little sidebar. If that were the case, nobody would be here because nobody has their lives all together. Okay, just put that little disclaimer out there. There'd be no one left in this church if we worked like that. But maybe that's just church. What about, maybe you feel out of place in life as a whole. Maybe you feel like a square peg in a round hole about life, like you don't belong anywhere. Maybe you feel exposed. Maybe you feel, like I did sitting in that restaurant, that people are staring, like I felt people were staring at me. Maybe you feel people are staring at you wherever you go. 
Maybe you feel you've done some things in your past which, which make you feel really unclean and dirty and ashamed and you feel like a bit of an outcast. Well, this morning, I really hope that I'm able to, when we leave here, that you'll leave here knowing that you are accepted, knowing that you belong, knowing that you can be cleansed, knowing that you can be washed clean, and, I, um, and that God has a place for you. You see, if ever you felt out of place, I promise you, you're not the first person to feel out of place. And I certainly wasn't the first person. I'm sure that there were few people that felt way more out of place than me sitting in that jolly restaurant. Like this man we're about to meet in Matthew 8. A man covered in leprosy. But before we get there, I want to give some context to this parable that Jesus um, speaks of in Matthew 8. Um, so the Bible's broken up into two parts. We have the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament was before Jesus. The New Testament is once Jesus came. The Old Testament has, has various books in it, prophecies, psalms, wisdom. Um, and there's this book in Leviticus, which is a whole bunch of regulations. What God's people couldn't eat, what they could eat, who they had to stay away from, what they can touch, what they can't touch. A whole list of regulations inside. Then all these regulations pointed to the fact that humanity, you and me, we need a savior. We can't, we can't do it. So the whole of the Old Testament is all pointing to the Savior that's going to be coming. It's all pointing to Jesus. And then in the New Testament, when Jesus is born, the Savior is revealed. So just to give a little bit of context there. So before we get into good old Leviticus, uh, sorry, before we get into Matthew, let's go to Leviticus. And, and, and just think of, I'm about to read a man who gets healed of leprosy. But as I read Leviticus, think of how this all unfolded at that particular time. Okay, so... Leviticus 13, 43 to 46. Now, this piece of scripture deals with what happens if you have a rash or if you have leprosy. It sounds really weird, but it'll all come together soon, I hope. <laughs> so the priest is to examine him. And if the swollen sore on his head or forehead is reddish or white, like a defiling skin disease, the man is diseased and is unclean. The priest shall pronounce him unclean because of the sore on his head. Anyone with such a defiling disease must wear torn clothes. He must let their hair be unkempt. I wouldn't have a problem there. But um, their hair will be unkept. They must cover the lower part of their face, and they must cry out wherever they go, unclean, unclean, unclean. As long as they have the disease, they remain unclean. They must live alone. They must live outside the camp. Now, can you imagine if you had leprosy? Can you imagine having to wear torn clothes, having to have your hair unkept, cover your face, and everywhere you go, you've got to clean, you've got to scream out, I'm unclean. Imagine going shopping at the PAV or wherever you do your shopping. And as you walk, you say, I'm unclean. I'm unclean. I'm unclean. I'm unclean. Don't touch me. I'm unclean. Or you go to work. And, uh, and as you're um, getting on your way to work in, in say, a taxi, um, you're sitting in, in, in the back seat there. Um, and you've got the whole two rows to yourself because nobody wants to sit by you. And, and as somebody gets in, you say, no, 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 come near me. I'm unclean. I'm unclean. I'm unclean. Don't touch me. I'm unclean. <coughs> you're in the lift. Imagine getting in a lift and people come into the lift and you kind of huddled up and they don't touch me. I'm unclean. I'm unclean. I'm unclean. It would be impossible for this man to just pop up unnoticed. Now into that context, let's read Matthew 8. Matthew 8, one, just four verses. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, he just finished preaching the Sermon on the Mount, the greatest sermon ever preached. Large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out. Oh, I love that. Jesus reached out and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. 
Then Jesus said to him, See, don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift of the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. I think these two passages, I think they reveal so much about what's going on inside of us, but also reveal something about the nature of God. But before I tell you about this incredible God, Jesus Christ, I want to help us understand leprosy. Because I think the impact of this passage can be lost in our modern days. Because if I had to ask anyone here, anyone here had leprosy? Nope. No, Dale, your sword doesn't count there. Um, <laughs> Dale had a recent operation, and you can go chat to him after. Um, anyone know anyone who had leprosy? It wasn't a bad operation. He's all fine. Don't worry. <laughs> he's not contagious. He's very clean. <laughs> anyone know anyone who had leprosy? You see, no, because it's, it's not so common. But back then, it was very common. It was very common. You see, leprosy is a seriously contagious skin disease. You couldn't come into contact with anyone who had leprosy because you would get the disease. So they couldn't have any human contact. Can you imagine that? No human contact. Now, psychologists will tell you today that if we don't have human contact, it, it messes us up emotionally. We're prone to all sorts of mental diseases, prone to violence. Um, so can you imagine what, this man, what, what it must have been like for this man? Imagine not being able to touch your kids. Imagine, like, you can't hold your wife's hand. You can't shake hands with anyone. You can't greet anyone. No hugs. No human touch. Leprosy was not just a, a little rash. It starts off as a small rash, but then it gradually spreads over time. It literally wars against your body until it kills you. It results in limbs falling off. Often the extremities, the limbs fall off. Um, your fingers, your toes. I, I wanted to show some pictures, but I thought... It's, <laughs> It's just too graphic. It's really, it's not a nice disease. There was no cure for leprosy at the time. There is now. There was no cure for leprosy. One historian um, said lepers were walking dead. They were, walk, they, were, they were pretty much walking dead. They were seen as outcasts. They were seen as cursed by God. Leprosy was so bad, people, people said to the lepers, you, you must have done something wrong. You must, you must have done something wrong that God has cursed you like that. So, so they were seen as outcasts. But you know what? There's more to the story than meets the eye. Because you know what? This man's story of leprosy is also our story. It's your and my story. There's a story within the story. You see, we also have a terrible disease inside of us because we're born into sin. We're born into sin, and we, have, we all have the sin inside of us. And you know what? There's some striking similarities between sin and leprosy. I want to explain what I mean by, by five points, drawing some, some similarities between sin and leprosy, and through that, I think, clear up some huge misconceptions that we have about God and what, and, and what we have about sin. So, point number one. I'm waiting for time. Cool. Sin, like leprosy, destroys us from the inside out. Leprosy kills us from the inside out. And so too does sin. Notice that the things that make our lives so hard for us come from within. <laughs> they come from within us. Think of anger, lust, gossiping, self-righteousness, pride, where we think we're better than other people, racism, insecurities, all these things just seem to make life so hard for us, make it so hard to just deal with life. Like, without even trying, these things just come out of us naturally. Um, I know, <laughs> I, know I, I had this the other day. Um, talk about stuff coming out of us naturally. Uh, um, <laughs> I, I found myself 
pulling a zap sign at a taxi driver the other day. I couldn't believe it. Can you believe that? A pastor pulling a zap. And what did I, I thought, oh, where did that come from? What is that? I thought, where did that come from? Lord, where did that come from? It's sin, it's stuff inside of me. It's stuff inside of all of us. It just comes out so naturally. It comes out so easily. Addictions, lust, anxiety, gossiping, trying to impress people. Why do they seem to come out so easily? You know why? It's the sin inside of us. It's the sin inside of us. I don't think anyone made a New Year's resolution. This year, 2018, I'm going to work on being more angry. Eh? I'm too nice. I'm too nice. I'm going to work on being more grumpy. Anyone? Or what about, man, I'm going to practice my anxiety this year. You know what? I've got far too much peace. This year, I'm going to be more anxious. Yeah, you're laughing because you know it's true. <laughs> Hey, it just seems to, we don't need to work on these things. Or, or, or maybe this year, um, I'm, I'm going to work on gossiping more. And I'm going to work. <laughs> we have one person. I'm going to work on slandering more people. No, we don't need to work on these things because they naturally come out of us. We're all infected with this thing. But you know what? Left unchecked, it will destroy us like leprosy. Number two, leprosy like sin cuts us off from people. Eh? It breaks relationships with both God and other people. Um, lepers were isolated from society. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry, I'm still recovering from the flu. Um, lepers were, were isolated from society. They were pushed out. They were outcast. It was almost like this chasm, like this wedge between, like we had the clean and then we had the lepers, and there was like this wedge in between them. And they, they, there was, it separates people. And you know what? Sin drives a wedge in our relationships with one another. Think about it. What we do to each other, we lie, we harsh, we snap, and we shout at people, often people we love. We get angry, we hurt people. We get insecure, we twist what other people say. Or we read into things because we, 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 got, we got these insecurities inside of us, this longing for affirmation. Like if someone doesn't reply straight away to our WhatsApp message and we can see the two ticks and they've read it and they've taken five minutes to reply, are they cross with me? Have I done something? Have I done something wrong? Which is... It, it, sin drives a wedge in our relationships. Sin numbs us, thirdly. Sin numbs us, just like leprosy does. The more leprosy begins to spread, the more it numbs the body to pain or pleasure. Leper, lepers, they literally didn't know if they were burning themselves. They could have their hand on a hot stove and be cooking their flesh, and they didn't know it because they become, they become numb to pain. And you know what? Sin is like that. As it spreads, the more... The more, we do it, the, the more we do it, the more numb we become to it. Like another, yo, I'm really airing my dirty laundry. When I, when I lost my virginity, um, I felt terrible because well, I, I didn't know God at the time. But I, I wasn't, although I wasn't submitting to God's intended purpose for my sexuality, I knew there was something sacred about my virginity. And I felt terrible. I felt, oh man, I've given this away. But you know what? The more I did it, the more I used my sexuality outside of the context for which it was created, the more numb I became. And I got to a point where, where it didn't bother me anymore. Just for the record, Sonia and I consummated our marriage within the context for which God intended it. So <laughs> just thought I'd throw that out there. Sorry to embarrass you, love. <laughs> but uh, was there something that you once did? At first, it bothered you. It really, it really it got to you. But now, you've done it so often, you become numb to it. Sin like leprosy numbs us. Think of these big corporate greed scandals. 
I, think, um, I don't think anyone starts out with the intention of stealing millions from widows and orphans and pensioners. Like, we, you know, we hear these big, these, I think there's even a show on DSTV called Greed, American Greed or some greed thing. Like, you know how it all starts out? A couple dollars here. Ooh, ooh, no, I stole a couple dollars. Oh, but, oh, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe a couple hundred here. And you know what happens? So I become numb and numb and numb. And before you know it, you're stealing millions and you couldn't give a continental because sin has just seared our conscience and it's numbed us just like leprosy does. Fourthly, sin like leprosy makes us unattractive. Lepers were not very attractive. They had to cover their faces. They were not attractive. Luke says this man in the parable, now this is a medical opinion, was covered in leprosy. So it wasn't just like he had a little thing, like little, 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 little goodie here. No, no, no. He was covered full of leprosy, full, head to toe. People would run when they saw a leper. <coughs> and you know what? Sin also makes us unattractive. Who is attracted to a greedy person or an angry person or a selfish person? Think of when you were dating. You go, hey, mom, you know what? I would love a greedy, selfish man. Yo, that's what I'm looking for. That is on my list. You know, we make these lists. That's on my list. He must be greedy. He must be selfish. Hey? Or, or, or dad, you know what? I found this really angry woman. She punches walls, but it's just what I've been looking for. Man, I want to marry someone who punches walls. Hey? Or, or, or you go to your friends. I found this deceptive guy. He lies about everything, but it's just what I've been looking for. He's so attractive. Hey? No, because sin is not attractive. It's not attractive. And sin, like leprosy, distorts our appearance. Fourthly, fifthly, we're almost there. We're almost there. Leprosy is incurable on its own. Your own immune system cannot fight the disease. The human body cannot fight leprosy on its own. Only recently, with the invention of antibiotics, was there hope for lepers. Prior to that, leprosy was a slow death sentence. It's just a slow death sentence. And you know what? We cannot conquer sin on our own. We cannot say to ourselves, this year, I'm going to try as hard as possible to stop gossiping. This year, I'm going to stop being angry. I'm going to stop lusting and looking at things I shouldn't be looking at. I'm going to stop all these bad habits of 2017. You know what? I hate to break it to you, but you're not going to be able to do it on your own. This disease that's inside of us, it's too big for us to conquer. It's too, we need an external intervention outside of ourselves if we are to conquer it. You know why? Because even if we manage to stop some of our bad habits, do you know what happens? We just stop one bad habit for another. Or you stop one sin for another. Say, um, say you used to battle with, with addictions of some sort. And, and you, you, by God's grace, you manage to conquer it. Okay, no, no, not by God's grace. By your own efforts, you manage to conquer it, because then I'm totally contradicting everything I'm saying. <laughs> by your efforts, you manage to conquer this addiction. Do you know what starts to happen? Is this filthy thing called pride creeps in. And then you look down on people who still battle with it. And you think that you, you now are suddenly better than all these, poof, these poofy people that battle with that thing that I once battled with. Because all you've done is you've swapped the one for the other. You see, we're very good at making ourselves look nice on the outside. We have something I saw on the other day on my phone, like a filter. Do you want to filter your whatever, like make yourself more beautiful? But, um, I'm not very good with these things. So that was a first for me. Maybe I need it. <laughs> Maybe your phone picks up automatically. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Um, but we're so good at presenting these external things. But inside, inside of us, trust me, it's impossible to conquer sin on your own. So these five points can be rather depressing. And those were the longest five depressing points I've ever had to go through. Who feels encouraged? <laughs> a 
Thank you for not leaving. While I was dozing and falling asleep last night, I thought, I wonder if everyone's going to leave by the time I get to the good part. So thank you for not leaving. But this is where the story gets way better. How much time do I have for good news? Yes, I've got enough time. So, you know what the amazing thing about this parable is? Is Jesus cleaned the man. You know what the amazing thing about sin is? Is Jesus can clean you and me and help us conquer it. You see, let's go through those five points again. And this time, apply the gospel and what Jesus has done to those five points. So sin, like leprosy, kills us from the inside out. You know what Jesus does? He changes us from the inside out. He begins to slowly change things. Where sin once killed us, Jesus begins to bring life into our lives. You see, this man was completely cleaned. He was completely cleaned. We know this because he had to go present himself to the priest, and, and that was what the Mosaic law required. If you are clean again, you go present yourself to the priest. So Jesus completely cleaned this man. He'd been cured. He no longer had this death sentence hanging over him. Um, the Bible, you know what the Bible talks about? It talks about how God gives us a hard heart. A hard heart. And he, sorry, it doesn't give us a hard heart. Listen to what I'm saying. He takes away our hard heart, and he gives us a soft heart. He begins to change us from the inside out. You see, when we come to Jesus, he gives us new desires that don't destroy us anymore, but give us love. God begins to change us from the inside out. Second point, sin cuts you off from relationships with people and with God. Notice how Jesus told this man to go to the priest and offer the sacrifice. Do you know why? That was because the priest determined who was allowed to come back into society. So the priest basically said, you are clean, you come back. You can come back into relationship. When this filthy outcast was made completely clean and beautiful, he was allowed back. He was allowed back, back into human relationship. He could touch people again. He could hug his kids. He could hold his wife's hands. He didn't have to wear the clothes that he once wore. He didn't have to go around telling people how unclean he was. <coughs> Excuse me. But the story represents more than just being cut off from people. You see, remember, we are the lepers in this story. You and me, we are the lepers in this story. We, we may not have leprosy inside of our body, but our sin cuts us off and separates us from God. See, when we believe in Jesus, that he's washed us clean, that sin that once separated us from God has been dealt with on the cross. And you know what? There's nothing left to separate you from God now. Because the sin, that chasm, that wedge that once existed has now been taken away and man and God can be united because Jesus has dealt with our sin on the cross. That we can be reconciled to this incredible God. That sin has been placed on Jesus and there's no longer any separation. And you know what? This begins to filter into our other relationships with people. Where sin once destroyed relationships because we have been forgiven ourselves we ha- and we've received God's grace. You know what begins to happen? Is we begin to have more grace for other people. And we, begin, and we are now able by God's grace to forgive others that have hurt us. To be graceful with others. We're not... We're not um, Desperately trying to find acceptance, trying to present this perfect exterior thing uh, where, we, where identity is defined on the amount of likes we get and retweets, retweets we get, and um, how many friends we have. But no, we are not longing for this acceptance because we have the acceptance of the Most High God. Mm, get excited about that. We've been washed clean. We've been given a new heart. We are now able to forgive others because we have the soft heart that I was speaking of. Sin like leprosy numbs us. So how do we apply the gospel to that? What happens after you meet Jesus? What happens to that sin? Like I was so casual about my sexuality before. What happens now? Now that I know God. 
See, apparently one of the worst things for lepers was to lose the ability to feel pain. It's like I mentioned earlier. Sorry, like I mentioned earlier. The ability not to feel pain is a curse. You know what the amazing thing about society today is? So often guys are saying, no, don't feel anything. Don't feel pain. I strive. I'm going to stay away from this. I'm going to stay away from that because I don't. Actually, that's another discussion. But um, the ability not to feel pain is a curse. See, when we have surrendered to Jesus, he's made us clean. He's given us a new heart, new antibiotics, so to speak. We're far more aware of the sin inside of us. Hey, have you noticed that? I'm far, I, I'm far more aware of my fraughtness inside of me the more I get to know Jesus. Where, where once I would just continue with bad habits, where now I hear God's voice gently saying, my son, my daughter, this is not my best for you. Shane, this is not my best for you. This will destroy you if you carry on. It's almost like we have this thermometer inside of us that, that kind of goes off when, we, when we're doing things that are outside of God's best for us because we're not numb to it anymore. God has taken away that hard heart and has made us soft. And this happened to me the other day, more dirty laundry. Woo, I didn't realize I've got so many stories on myself here. So I couldn't sleep one night. Um, and because uh, I battled to sleep every now and then. Um, so I thought, oh, you know what? I've heard people watch movies to fall asleep. So I thought, let me whip out a good old Netflix, watch a movie. Okay. So I'm trying to watch this movie, get myself to go to sleep. And in this movie, there's this inappropriate scene. Okay. And uh, my heart was beating so fast. I, was like, I thought it was literally going to jump out of its, its rib cage because I, 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 I felt God saying to me, Shane, it's not my, not my best. It's not my best. Eventually, this heart pounding actually turned into nausea. I felt like vomiting. So I'm a bit embarrassed to say I didn't fast forward. I didn't end the movie. And when the movie finished, I felt an incredible sense of guilt. Um, I felt a bit of shame. And, and while asking God, I said, Lord, sorry, Lord, repenting. You know, sometimes when we feel that, we need to run to God, not away from God. We need to run to Him and repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry, please Forgive me. I don't want to do that. I want to throw myself on your mercy to make me clean. Um, but uh, let me get to my notes here because now I'm getting personal. Um, asking for God's forgiveness. You know what? While I was praying, I felt him say to me, you know what, Shane? What you've done is not my best. It's not my best. In fact, it's wrong what you've done. But rejoice that you still hear my voice. I thought, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That is so encouraging that I still hear his voice, that, you, that, that I heard his voice saying to me, stop watching, not my best for you. See, all that heart beating, that nausea, that was basically God's way of saying, run, run my son, run my daughter. Like Joseph, just flee sexual immorality. Just run, run. You see, it was his way. You, you know what? I think we should rejoice when we're not numb to sin. Rejoice when you hear that voice. Worry if you are numb to sin. Worry, guys. Worry. Rejoice that you can hear God's voice guiding us, leading us, nudging us, calling us, leading us into life, leading us into something beautiful. I think one of the worst things that can happen to us as believers is when we, be when we become numb to sin and we no longer hear God's voice. Fourthly, sin makes us unattractive. You know what the beautiful thing about Jesus was? That Jesus had taken away... Mm. Excuse me, all this leper's unattractiveness, his repulsiveness, his ugliness, his pain, his unsightliness, his grotesqueness, gr that word, grotesqueness, yeah, that one, his deformity, 
and he'd made him clean. This leper had a whole new identity because his disease no longer defined him. He was clean, just like God can make you and me perfectly clean. He was now defined by Jesus, not by his disease. What about you? Have you done something in your past that you feel defines you? And whenever you try to progress or, or, or you're moving along, you, like this voice just reminds you of that. Can I encourage you that when you hear that, actually just say, I am clean. That no longer defines me, but I'm now defined by Jesus Christ. He has washed me. He has made me clean. You know what the beauty about clean, being cleaned by Jesus, you and me about being cleaned by Jesus, is you are beautiful in God's sight. All the sin, the gunge, the dirt, the failures, the shortfalls, the not measuring up, the feeling that you're never good enough, the feeling that you constantly have to prove yourself via your job or the clothes that you wear or the cars that you drive or your bank balance or the house that you live in you, or the pride, the anger, the lust, the hatred, the gossiping. I can go on and on and on. The leprosy in our lives, all been washed away with, all been made clean when we accept Jesus' hand being reached out to us. You see, this leper would have been unrecognizable. So like I said, sin makes us unattractive. This leper was unrecognizable. He would have been made attractive. You know what I know? Some people, and I'm sure you do, and there's some people in this room that um, because we've been captivated by Jesus, um, that have been so captivated by Jesus that they are now unrecognizable. Because God does that. He, 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 he'll totally transform your life. Become unrecognizable, changed from the inside out. Do you know why? Because Jesus didn't come to make us better people. He came to make us new. He didn't come to make us better. Please, he came to make you completely new. And fifthly, and I'm going to close with this, is you cannot cure leprosy on its own. We cannot conquer sin on our own. We'll never get to a place where we can make ourselves clean. Never. You know what it's like? It's like this make ourselves clean by doing a whole bunch of righteous things. You know what it's like? It's like a leper taking the leprous right hand and rubbing it against the leprous left hand, hoping he can clean himself. That's what we do when we try to use our righteousness before God. And you know what, you know what happens if a leper does that? It just falls to pieces. Because I'm making myself clean. I'm making myself clean. And it's just withering away because the guilt will just destroy you when you try to make yourself clean. So too with us. We cannot clean ourselves. We are too infected with this disease called sin. We need an external source because we cannot do it on our own. You know what broken, sinful people like me and many of us in this room know this. But you know what the most dangerous place to be in? The most dangerous place to be in is thinking that you can clean yourself up. That you don't need a savior. You can do this on your own. And we fall into this lie where we think, I'm not as bad as this other guy. I'm a pretty good person. I don't need no, what's the savior that you're talking about? I'm okay. I don't steal. I pay my taxes. I don't rape. I don't murder. I mean, I'm a, I'm a deal. What's all this old-fashioned talk about sin? I mean, I heard once, uh, once heard a guy say to me, you know what? Yeah, I cheat on my wife. Yeah, so what? I know a guy who cheats on his wife and beats her up. So I'm okay. You see, when we use our standards, we all look good. But when we use God's standards, oh, oh, guys, I beg you not to use your standards when comparing yourself, but compare yourself to God's standards. And when you see his standards, you can only fall on his mercy and say, God, forgive me. I need you. I need your work. I, need, I accept what you have done for me on the cross, Lord. 
You see, when we, go, when we use God's standards, we begin to see our dreadful state that we're in. Because his standards are so high. They're so high. And that's why he reaches out his hand to us, just like he did to the leper. He stretched out his hand, and he's stretching out his hand to you and me. I love the fact that he stretches out his hand. You know why? Because so often we think, I need to clean myself up, and then hopefully God will accept me. Or, or, or I need to sort one or two things out in my life. I need to sort out some stuff, and then I'll be ready for God. Or, or Lord, I've just got one or two more things to do, and then I'm all yours. You'll never, if that is your thinking, you'll never be ready because you'll never be good enough. You know what it's like? It's like um, us stretching out our hands. So, so, so we don't take God's stretch out. We stretch our hands outside our hands. I thought about this, this analogy. Think of the tallest building in the world, the Burj Khalifa in Dubai. It is 828 meters high, almost a kilometer high, 163 floors. And you know what? When we rely on our own righteousness, you know what it's like? It's like me saying, Lord, we're standing on the ground floor. The Burj Khalifa is in front of us. We say, I'm a good person. I can reach the top. See, God's standards is the Burj Khalifa. Huh? Then I'm standing on the ground floor saying, I can nearly reach it. I'm a good person. I can nearly reach it. Hey? In fact, God's standards are even more than the Burj Khalifa. God's standards is the moon. And we all fall short. But you know what? To continue with that analogy, you know what Jesus does? Say there's this lift there that only 100% perfect, obedient people never had a wrong thought, never did a wrong deed can use this lift. You know what Jesus does? He gets in the lift. Comes down to the ground floor. Okay? Can you see the analogy? God wraps himself in flesh, comes down to earth as Jesus. Comes down, and you know what he does while I'm standing there thinking I'm so good? Actually, he picks us up on, and he puts us on his back. Actually, now we're in Christ, and we get on this lift, and it takes us all the way to the top into God's presence. And you know what? Who's doing the work? You? No? Because you'll never be good enough. Jesus. Jesus. He's the reason. He's the reason we, can, we are made clean. Not us. Not you and me. He doesn't leave us in that hopeless state. He comes down and he reaches out his hands and he says to us, says to you, and he says to me, in your dirty, leprous, filthy, fallen state where you don't deserve my love, you don't deserve my acceptance, in that state, I will make you clean. I will make you whole. I will forgive you. I will heal you. I will die for you. I will restore you that you may have life. Nothing and no one is too infected to be cleansed by Jesus. No one. No one. Jesus doesn't push the leper away. He doesn't. He says, I am willing. And some of us think that if I, if, 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 if I had to come to Jesus, he wouldn't want anything to do with me. That is a lie from the devil. Don't believe that nonsense. I need to clean myself up. I need to clean myself up and then, and, then, and, then, and then maybe God will want something to do with me. See, this leper, you, you know what it's like? You know what it's like trying to clean yourself up? It's like a, a couple of years ago, I was really sick. I was hospitalized for four days. I had some hectic viral infection. I was cur- curled up in a ball in pain in, in, in my doctor's couch, like on the corner. I was like, oh, this is, it, w- it wasn't pleasant. And imagine the doctor came to me and said, hmm, I see you're sick. Hmm. Why don't you go home and come back in a few days' time, and when you're better, and then we can talk. You know what? Sometimes we like that with God. We think, I'm going to clean myself up, and then I'm going to present myself to God. It's like going to the doctor when you're sick, and the doctor says, no, 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 go away, come back, come back when you're better. <laughs> Crazy, eh? But that's how sometimes we think about God like that. But you know what I did? I, I cried out to the doctor, and I said, doctor, Dr. Cromer, great doctor, I need your help. And you know what? Yes, you need this, you need this, you need this. You know what we do? We go to Jesus and we say, Lord, I need your help. And you know what he does? He says to you, I am willing. Take my hand. Stretches out your hand to you. 
You know what? I'm, I'm sure this leper must have thought, my life is over. I have no reason to live. Remember, he was walking dead. He was, he was effectively waiting to die. And maybe you feel like that. That life is not worth living. Inside of you is screaming out, I'm unclean. I'm unclean. You're not saying it verbally, but inside of you, you're feeling, I'm unclean. Maybe you've done some things in your life. You've, you've possibly, I don't know, I just wrote a few things down here. Maybe you've stolen from someone. Maybe you've had an abortion. Maybe you've sexually abused. Maybe there's pride, there's arrogance, there's murder, there's gossip, there's, there's stuff inside of you where you feel, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. You know what? Jesus can wash you clean. Maybe you feel like you don't fit anywhere. Like you feel like you're an outcast. Like you feel like everyone avoids you and doesn't want to be around you. Maybe you feel just out of, like out of place, like I felt in that restaurant. Do you know what Jesus is saying? Come, come into my family. I will make you clean. Come, come with all the other lepers like Shane and Brendan and, and everyone else here. Come, 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 come. I will make you clean. You know what I love about when, when, when you see, if you and I had to touch a leper, we would instantly be made unclean because that uncleanness would be transferred to us. But what happens when Jesus touches the leper? Is he unclean? No. The leper is made clean. The, leper, the, 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 the leprosy doesn't transfer onto Jesus. The cleanliness of Jesus transfers onto the leper. Do you know why? Do you know why? Because he is bigger than any defilement. He is bigger than any disease. Nothing is too dirty or too defiled to be cleansed by Jesus because he is the only one who can wash us clean. He's bigger than your biggest struggle. He's bigger than the worst thing that you've ever done. He is a huge, incredible God. And he's reaching out his hand. And he's saying to you today, I am willing. Come to me. As you are, come to me. The question is, how are you going to respond? What is your response going to be? When Jesus says to you, I am willing, how are you going to respond? Shall we stand and worship this incredible God that I've been speaking about? And then Brendan will wrap up for us.